So FKU 50 is outsmarting life after 50. Welcome listeners. I want to mention to everyone that we have a season one under our belt, a a compilation. Compilation? Is that the right word? Compilation. Compilation, yeah. Compilation? I just suppose. Pick another word, Neil. I don't have one. We have to... (laughs) We have 12 episodes. A pile of. We have a pile with 12 episodes <laughs> under our belt. So we're excited today. Uh, Howard Snooks from Colorado is joining us. Howard is going to talk about, um, he's going to share his story and how he has quite literally outsmarted life after 50. So today we'd like to thank our sponsors. We have two of them, Farm Bureau Insurance of Florida and the Plant Powered Exburger by Worthington Foods. FKU 50 would like to welcome Howard Snooks to the podcast. By all outward appearances, Howard was the epitome of success. He had a beautiful family and a marriage of 34 years. He ran a thriving private psychotherapy practice that spanned 40 years. He was fit, healthy, and happy. He had every expectation of sailing into life of retirement, where he could expand his love for travel and international bicycle trips. Then a new Howard emerged. So, Howard, I'm going to pose a question to you. Then we're going to take a little bit of time out to thank our sponsors before we begin. But, Howard, please take us back to where the new you emerged. Before that, we will thank our sponsors. FKU 50 would like to thank our sponsors, The Exburger by Worthington and Farm Bureau Insurance of Florida. Without their generous support, this podcast would not be happening. Worthington manufactures a full line of healthy, better-for-you meat substitutes sold nationally in frozen sections in over 5,000 grocery stores. Worthington products include deli meats, hot dogs, dinner roasts, sausage links, and they even have a vegan burger called the X-Burger. I've had it, and I can tell you firsthand, it is good. Grill up just like beef burger and contains 21 grams of non-GMO protein. Remember, the next time you're in a food store, look for Worthington plant-based meat products in the frozen case. To learn more about Worthington Foods, look to their website, eatworthington.com. Farm Bureau Insurance of Florida wants you to know that their life insurance is not a get-it-and-forget-it insurance. No, quite the opposite. Life insurance should be evaluated at least once a year. The key is to review it after any major life changes like marriage, having a baby, divorce, life loss, and change in a job. Life insurance can provide the lost income replacement to a loved one's untimely death, burial expenses which can run on average ten dollars to $20,000, mortgage payoff or debt left behind, payment for college tuition, coverage for potential estate and inheritance taxes, aid in long-term business planning through a key man life policy. Life insurance provides you and your family the security necessary in every season of life. For more Farm Bureau of Florida life insurance information and education, listen to the FKU50 podcast, Staying Alive at FKU50.com. All right, Howard, so um, take us to, you know, back to where you began to outsmart life after 50. Kent and Jeff and I will have questions, we'll pose, and, you know, it's basically you sharing your story to us. So the microphone is yours. All right. Well, thank you very much for this opportunity. I I did have quite a year 
uh, it wasn't when I turned 50. It was when I turned 65. Mm. It was, uh, and that was in 2015. I, I've now turned 70. Congratulations. But it started off with the death of my father, which, um, you know, in and of itself wouldn't be such a, uh, a, a terrible thing to think about. He was 93, but it was an unexpected death. And it, and what it did was mark the beginning of, of a year where many more things happened. So that was in February. A few months later, um, my father's youngest brother died, uh, totally unexpectedly, my uncle's family. And then very soon after that, my sister passed away. Wow. Now, she had multiple myeloma, and as, as many of you know, it's, it's, it's hard to recover from multiple myeloma, but she had been in remission, so that was unexpected. Then to top that off, my wife of 34 years decided that uh, she was going to divorce me, and it was totally unexpected. You know, as a psychotherapist, I've been challenged about that pretty frequently. Didn't you know that something was going on? And, and the fact is, I still uh, don't understand what happened. But in any event, she, uh, we were divorced. We have two grown children. And there's continued to be reverberations from that divorce uh, in the family. Thing, things just aren't the same, of course. But to top the year off, I was visiting a friend during the Christmas season in the panhandle of Texas, uh, outside of Lubbock. And I had this very strange accident where I ended up shattering my hip. Hmm. And it was in the middle of a blizzard, in the middle of the night, in the middle of this old cotton field outside of Brownfield, Texas. And because of the blizzard, no one could come and get me. The Fight for Life couldn't come. The ground ambulance couldn't come. So I had to spend a night just lying there in total misery, knowing that something terrible had happened to my hip. The next morning, uh, my friend drove me to Lubbock, which was a 45-mile trip over these bumpy, snowy roads. And when I got to the hospital in Lubbock and had to have emergency hip replacement surgery. Mm -hmm. and, and I was a person, like you'd mentioned, I was pretty fit. I didn't have hip problems or joint problems. My hips were in good shape. So I wasn't expecting to have to have a hip replacement surgery. Mm and then because of my divorce and all i didn't have anyone to help care for me at home so i had to stay in rehab in lubbock for another 10 days wow but once i got home i was sitting at my dining room table at breakfast time reading the denver post and my dog my little shih tzu oso was right there by me and and I just said, man, universe, I need a sign. What should I do here? The, everything has changed in my life. I'd, I'd retired just the year before, so I didn't even have a profession to back up on. So what I did was read the paper, and all of a sudden, there is this article in the paper about baby boomers and modeling. <laughs> and, and the gist of it was that the demographic of baby boomers is still so great and they still buy all this stuff, but there aren't any models to represent them in the advertising field. So I said, okay, I was looking for a sign, and here's this article. So I decided to look into it. I got involved with a modeling agency that provided training and have since moved on from that. And I do runway modeling and commercial modeling and now have been in two indie short films as well. Hmm. So that's kind of how my, my uh, life got reinvented. Uh, David Brooks is a 
conservative writer for the uh, New York Times, but he recently wrote a book about the second mountain. And it's, he kind of describes my situation. I'd retired and was ready, you know, kind of on the downward trajectory. When all of a sudden life handed me just so many things to deal with that I really had to get my game back together and totally transform myself. So that's what I've done. That's quite fascinating. And I know that I saw you in your Instagram. Howard's got a great Instagram. And uh, for any of you listeners out there, I would uh, highly suggest and recommend that you uh, go check it out. He's, he posts some great pictures. The one picture, Howard, that I particularly liked was the one with you and your hoodie and your um, uh, your camo pants that you posted most recently. Oh, <laughs> I mean, you look like a rockin' stud, man. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, the urban designers seem to like me because I sort of have this sort of hard to gauge sort of vibe. <laughs> and so they just practice on me all these uh, things. So that was uh, Amy Lasoho did that design. This was for Denver Fashion Week, Art Plus Fashion, uh, six months ago. Denver Fashion Week comes up every six months. And so far, I've been in three of them. Hey, Howard, this is Jeff. I have a question. Um, sure. I had something happen to me back when my grandfather died where you got kind of stopped, evaluate life. Is that kind of all these things that happened with you with the death, the divorce, the injury? Were you, uh, it's kind of a, a moment to reflect and then maybe deciding later on, hey, I'm going to live life in the moment. Well, that is an interesting question. You know, you kind of still need people to help you out. Like nobody can just do this on their own. And so I luckily had some friends who reached out to me. And one of them gave me a book by uh, Pema Chaudhran. And she's written a number of books. And I don't have it right in front of me right now. But basically, the theme of, of all of her books is that in order to deal with and heal from trauma, you have to lean into the feelings and really experience them. And as a therapist, you know, I had a practice, as you said, for over 40 years. I believe that as well. That's why people do their best in therapy who allow themselves to feel those feelings. And it seems counterintuitive. Like, like, let's not have those feelings. They're just so painful and damaging. But once you do feel them, then the ability to heal occurs. So I think that I give her a lot of credit for helping me out in, uh, in, try, in recovering from this, these multiple traumas. It's an awesome story. So, Howard, I see you um, uh, posting a lot of pictures um, with you working out and um, lifting weights. And uh, is there a particular gym that you enjoy going to or that you frequent? Or yeah. you, tell us a little bit about that. Okay. Because I'm Medicare and have a Medicare supplemental policy, I have what's called the Silver Sneakers. So I can work out free at 24-hour fitness or one of the rec centers in town or there's some others where you can go for free. But I have always used a personal trainer as well. And my personal trainer is a fellow named Dan Greenbaum um, and up at Prospect Gym in Longmont, Colorado, not far away. And I'm a legacy for Dan. Uh, when I first started training at 24-Hour Fitness about nine years ago, I mean, I'd lifted for years, but I finally got a personal trainer. This was about nine years ago. I was training with a friend of his, and his friend uh, quit his job to go on to physical therapy school. So I then, um, you know, I got referred to one of his friends, uh, and his that friend retired or left left the job in order to go to chiropractic school. So then I ended up with my current trainer, Dan. So it's a nine-year legacy, but he has his own ideas about things. 
And what he does is um, I don't get – the important thing is to not get caught up in some routine. You always want to kind of shock your body, not to overshock it, but just so it doesn't get complacent because you start – lifting weights and you just get into this sort of zone and you don't really test yourself and you don't do anything else. So you always have to keep things moving. So he does different oh, different approaches to me. One of them might be a metabolic enhancer. The other might be a weight loss approach. Another one might be muscle gain approach. There's there's several different ways to go about these things. So it's, it's stayed very much fun to me. I, I'm one of those people who really enjoys going to the gym rather than think of it as a chore. I think uh, last night when we were talking to um, Dr. Jason Karp on a previous episode, and he was very knowledgeable about running, and Jeff had talked about periodization. Jeff, I think he had wanted to ask that question. I think, Howard, what you're talking about is that 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 form of working out is called periodization, where you're constantly you know changing up your workouts and to meet certain demands and forcing the body to to work harder and to you know not to become stagnant or plateauing uh, so sounds like your trainers uh, got you on a good track you are absolutely right it's periodization that's right. like, that's exactly what it is Howard and I've sort of I've lucked out I guess at my age I don't have you know the whole testosterone thing comes up at people at a certain age but so far my testosterone has stayed at a stable rate so I don't I haven't had any muscle loss yet and I hope I don't. Now, you mentioned um, when I talked to you on the phone that um, you have a girlfriend. Is that right? Well, I do. And how- <laughs> Since my divorce, there were a couple of, of, um, of women who I uh, – we tried things out. And, there were, you know, there certainly are wonderful women and stuff, but it didn't work out. But just uh, about six months ago, I um, met someone, and it really looks like things are going to turn out. I'm very excited about it. And your testosterone level is high for that? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I guess I'll have to say that I was pleasantly surprised. Nice. It's probably from all that exercise you're doing, right? All that, all that lifting weights. Yeah. Well, I think it does help. I definitely think so. You know, lifting weights has, it's not just building up your muscles, but it has a lot of physiological effects on the body. It's a very healthy thing for people to do. Howard, I gotta, I gotta add this, uh, how did you ever think about being a model when you were 70 years old? I mean, did that ever cross your mind? Was that a fantasy kind of thing or how did this happen? No, No, I never was dreamed that I would be a model. In the ninth grade, I was in this class play in a melodrama and I was a villain in this class play and I did have fun, but that was the last thing I ever did on stage until this. No, it was just like, I don't know, I, I was trying to instill in myself a sort of an openness to any experience that might come through. And then I'm sort of halfway joking about the sign from the universe, but, you know, that model article really did catch my eye. So I was ready to uh, to just try it. And people had said, gee, Howard, for a guy your age, you're really in good shape. So I thought, well, I'll let a talent agency take a look at me and see what they thought. And there is a niche for people like me. I've just recently signed with the talent agency in Salt Lake City. My agent is in Denver, of course, because I I live in Boulder, but close to Denver. And the Salt Lake City has a lot of movies and films and commercials going on there. So I think that this will add a lot to my my auditioning uh, opportunities. Hey, Howard, this is Kent. I'm just kind of looking 
at some of your social media and the Denver Fashion Week. Uh, I see you you're wearing some pretty outrageous uh, outfits there, and particularly the uh, the royal outerwear, um, the one that looks like you have alphabet soup all over your black suit, <laughs> alphabet <laughs> the letters. Do you? Oh yeah, right. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. I was just going to ask you. Obviously, that's not how you dress every day, right? Right. And <laughs> so, is that being marketed those outfits to uh, to the to your demographic, or tell me a little bit about how you how you arrived uh, working with this particular designer? Okay. Yeah, I'll tell you how that. I, this is sort of uh, how it works at uh, big fashion shows. This is sort of an open to the public fashion show, and then you have to pass muster to be selected, to be chosen by a designer. So what they do is there's this day where hundreds of models come, and you walk down the runway, and they go either you know, swipe right or swipe left. You know, to, mm-hmm. uh, And if you swipe right, then you get in. And then you stand around in a big circle and the designers come into the interior of the circle and they go around and sort of select who they want out of this group that remains. So then it's the designers who have total control over what you're going to wear. It's not like I say, I want to dress like this or I want to look like this. They've got a concept. So you get to keep the suit when you go home, right? (laughs) Pardon me? You get to keep the outfit when you go home and wear that? No. (laughs) And, and, you know, those are outfits. I thought it was a hoot to wear them, but clearly they're they're not things that I would wear right. uh, for myself. But it, there, it's sort of like, a, I don't know, there's there, there's a lot of theater in uh, runway shows. So, you know, when you're walking down, it's like it's a concept rather than it is ready to wear clothes. These, these sorts of avant-garde things like the Denver Fashion Week. Right. Now, they're made, I mean, I think that he did sell that suit, actually. I was talking to uh, uh, Mario Conti, who's the designer. And sta- Station are the letters, because his, his design studio is called Station. So that's what the all the letters spell uh, out. Uh, I gotcha. Uh, but he said, yeah, he was able to sell it. Uh, and I'm going in for my, I have a couple of children and a son-in-law. And I'm for the, my current designer, uh, Hunter Higgins at uh, Royal Outerwear. I'm going to be buying some clothes for them uh, at his his little shop. But no, I wouldn't wear those myself. Uh, but I get a kick out of them. I don't hate them, and I I have wondered sometimes what would I do if somebody said, "Okay, I want you to wear this," and I go, "Oh no, I can't wear that." <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know what will happen. <laughs> So, Howard, uh, you are one of a very few Colorado residents whose families on both sides have been in Colorado for eight generations. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, uh, that is true. I I myself am a sixth-generation native, but I have um, – my cousin has grandchildren, so that uh, makes eight generations. Both my mother's and my father's family have been here since 1859. So that was right when the first gold rush came. And one set of great, great, great grandparents did come for the gold rush, but they didn't stay that way. They ended up ranching right outside of Boulder, actually, my where I live now. And my mother's side, her I had two sets of great, great, great grandparents who came, one in 1859, the other in 1866, to the Pueblo area. So they were old. They were big, powerful, influential pioneer legislators and stuff. Like my great, great grandfather was in the very first House of Representatives for the state of Colorado when it became a state. 
So they were very much involved. But interesting enough, my mother's side was Democratic and my father's side was Republican. And they stayed that way until they both died. My dad was a diehard Republican and my mom was a diehard Democrat. They were all ranchers. My my parents, we were the city cousins. My, uh, my mom and dad, they raised their family in uh, Durango. And so my cousins all lived on ranches outside of Durango. But we were the city cousins living in this little town of 12,000. And, you know, no, it was uh, I'm the first person who's gotten a Ph.D. out of the family. I have some other relatives who have master's degrees. My two sisters had master's degrees. Uh, but, you know, it wasn't like I the, the, going to university or college was not something in my family. Howard, I think the the big elephant in the room is why. What what made you reinvent yourself I mean, you're exactly, you're a shining example of what FKU 50 is all about. It's not about sitting on the couch, getting old and taking your, you know, the traditional role of grandpa and just going off into the sunset. It's about keeping it going, you know, making life interesting and loving people on the way. What made you, What what's your why in this whole deal? Because you've done a tremendously different things than most 65-year-olds would yeah. think of doing. Well, you know, I don't know if I can totally answer that because I just decided to take make it an adventure. You know, I, my life was so different that I realized there'd be no, no way it would ever be the same. So maybe I should, like, try to create something that was really unusual and fun and sort of challenge me. And so that's what I ended up doing. Um, like, it's really a challenge if you're 70 years old to lift weights and stay uh, and not lose your muscle mass. But I decided yeah. to take that as a challenge. Uh, and it's, you know, sort of a challenge to remain somebody who people would like to see on the runway. Like I, the, it is, I do kind of like this. People really get a kick out of seeing me on the runway. I get all these hoots and hollers and stuff. So I, th that sort of is gratifying, I guess you would say. Do you think the, the biggest change that made you do your biggest change was really in the divorce Oh, absolutely. I was totally blindsided by that. I had no idea that my ex-wife was unhappy in any way. I mean, every once in a while, she would say mean things, but I thought, oh, stop the presses. An old woman is being kind of mean to her husband. You know, I, like that. How often did that happen? All the time. But I didn't, I guess I, that was really how she felt. And the, the times when we weren't, when we were getting along, she was faking it, I guess. I had to recreate in my mind. I had this idea that I was in a love relationship with someone. And it, when I realized that when she told me she had never loved me, it just really required me to rethink my whole idea of relationships. It was a total shock to me. Hmm. Wow. That's like falling off a cliff. It was very, it was like falling off. Or, you know, what I thought of is, I don't know if you ever saw the uh, old yeller where this, this young kid has a dog. We saw that. that. Is his best friend, and then he gets rabies, and he attacks Oh, yeah, him. many that, times, that, many times. Yeah, well, and I guess the movie is coming back out again. Well, that's exactly how I felt, that she, all of a sudden I was just attacked. And it wasn't just, I'm sick of you. It was like, she said some pretty mean things to me as well that were, you know, just shocking for me to hear. Wow. Coward, I think you're a great example of, um, you know, I think a lot of us are at times can be hit uh, pretty hard just by life. And and I think it can be all kinds of different avenues or looks or aspects. 
And, um, you know, when you fall, I think it's all about just picking yourself up no matter how old you are. And um, I think after, you know, 50 or 60 or 65, it's kind of like Jeff said, it's, it, it can be easy just to kind of throw in the towel and just kind of say, I give up. You know, I'm just going to kind of play this life thing out and whatever happens, happens. But you are super proactive and it sounds like you continue to be proactive. And you are a person that I believe has, you know, you said, you 50 and um, or you 65. And you said, you know what, I'm going to make myself better than I was yesterday. Yeah, I'm as powerful. And I hope that myself, Kent, Jeff, Randy, that we all can do that. I think that we do do it. I look at guys like you that are 70 or close to it that um, say, I want to be like Howard. I want to be like that guy. So you are definitely leading by example, which is exciting to be. So kudos, you know, kudos to you for doing that. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'll tell you, the challenge is doing it when it doesn't feel like it's going to make any difference. Like I couldn't, like I, it took me a while to feel like I was alive again after this happened, but I had to sort of pretend that I was alive and sort of talk to people as if I felt like a normal person. And even though inside I just felt everything just felt so weird, but I just decided to go through it. And partly because of Pema children saying this, that it will get better. And it did. Finally, I felt like I was alive again. It's like fake it till you make it, right? Fake it till you make it. I mean, that's, that sounds cynical, but I think it really is a way to go. I've done it many times. <laughs> Still doing it, right? <laughs> uh, sometimes you do it. Yeah. So, Howard, so in closing and asking Jeff and Kent, is there maybe anything that you guys would like to ask Howard? Before we close this out, Kent or Jeff? I'm blown away that, you know, even not doing anything when you're 50s and 60s and 70s is fairly normal. I mean, you don't have to have this drive to go out, but Howard has just gone and switched it up. And it sounds like he's having a fun time and his life is more full than it was before. Right. Well, I think you're right. And, you know, it's, like, I guess I'm glad I'm not having to wait tables waiting for my big break, uh, yeah. you know, at this stage. Because the the gigs come few and far between, really. It's not like I'm always busy with this. Uh, but it's just enough, like, I just really enjoy it a lot. It's mm -hmm. always fun. And the whole scene, you know, if you go to a commercial, the photographers, the makeup artists, the directors, it's, it's all just really fun to see how it comes together. I think uh, on the same tag and the same thing you just said for this podcast, you know, this was kind of my baby, my idea, this FKU 50 podcast. And, you know, I read a great quote um, as about taking action. You know, you don't have to wait till all your ducks in a row or you don't have to wait until, you know, you think things are perfect before you can actually do something and take action. So I would encourage listeners out there, if you're thinking about doing something, you know what, take action, start the process, take the first step. Don't wait for uh, things to line up or be in, in a perfect order because chances are that's never going to happen. And the best way to get things in order, get your ducks in order is to take that first step, take action. Howard, is there anything you want to leave with the listening audience as far as, um, you know, anything you want to say, idea or thing? You can um, self-promote here, uh, share, your, <laughs> you share your Instagram, um, anything, yeah, well, anything you'd like to give us. 
Well, sure. Yeah, I really appreciated the opportunity to to talk like this, and I think you captured exactly what my goal is on Instagram and Facebook, and all this is to promote the idea of the mature, the old geezer still got a lot of life going on in him and her. So uh, let's just continue to live life. And I totally agree with what you said just now about you, you shouldn't wait until all your ducks are in a row. You just have to kind of wing it sometimes, but stay alive. Just try to have that feeling of, of feeling alive. All right, FKU 50 listeners, send us your story and we will read it or play it on the next podcast. You can leave a voicemail or send a text to 407 399 or you can email me at doug at fku50.com. Thank you to our sponsors, Farm Bureau Insurance of Florida and the Plant Powered Exporter by Worthington Foods. Remember, FKU50 believes there are two sides to life after 50. The age number outsmarting you or you are outsmarting your age number. Which side do you choose to be on? Please let us know. See you next time around. Yeah, no, this was, I really enjoyed this. And I hope that I, you know, met your expectations on this. Um, It was really fun for me to do. You did, brother. You're a bomb. You're the bomb, man. You're the bomb. (laughs) (laughs) Be like Howard, Dave. That's right. Be like Howard. That's it. It's going to be a new slogan for me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right, Howard. Listen, listen, brother, we'll we'll be in touch with you. And um, we really appreciate, I think you brought to the podcast exactly what we were wanting. And, um, you know, we'll talk soon, brother. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Bye, Bye buddy. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye-bye.